Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. He's going for goals. this track. The Captain. If anyone knows me, I love 80s classic rubbish pop. Player. It's kind of interesting where he was at that point in any, any time. OJ. The word I've got here circled is savvy. It's just savvy. And other special guests. Oh, I love it. Hello and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast, another episode, and we're back with an album review. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting, we haven't done this for a little while. Um, the panel is back, we've got Player in the house. Yeah, yeah. Toe Jam in the house. Hello. I'm pretty sure Captain's in the house. Hello. Ah, oh, God. So, uh, l- let's get started. Alright, the panel's back. The four of us are here to review a Prince album by the name of The Rainbow Children from 2001 um, I was just recently advised that the album actually came with a sticker something about controversy or controversial album something like that I didn't have it on my copy but the guy's um, his most controversial album to date according Uh-oh. to him <laughs> <laughs> there you go so um, yeah I didn't have it on my new copy album from Prince I think that's it <laughs> All right, so yeah, if that if that didn't wet your lips, I don't know what 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 would. Um, but this album came out in two thousand and one. All right, controversy up front. Um, I mean, look, it's it's an it's an intriguing release. We're gonna get to a lot of different things tonight. I, I bet you half of it's not gonna be, isn't even gonna be remotely about the music per se. Um, but look, it's all about the album and, and the work of art that it is, the concept album that it is or isn't, depending on your viewpoint. It's going to get a little bit crazy. So without further ado, <laughs> uh, let's get into it. I'll just quickly uh, go through a couple of interesting things. As The album came out in 2001. It came out, as far as I can remember, on the NPG website first. And again, as far as I can remember, I believe it was released as an mp3 uh without tracking so it was one song am i right in that yes okay so similar to love sexy which is interesting because i've got i've got a few interesting things to say comparing those two albums later on. so do i wow there you go (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it it was it was it was not tracked then it was released as a cd through redline entertainment slash mpg records as far as i know um a month? Yep. Okay, and, and it was, look, recorded, mixed, uh, produced, etc. in 2001. Prince and Femi Gia at the, de- you know, on the, on the mixing boards um, back then, eight years ago. Wow, I can't believe it's been eight years since the Rainbow Children. Um, but let's get straight into it. Uh, let's start at the beginning, track number one. We're going to do a classic album review, Peach and Black podcast style. Let's go into it. Classic. The Rainbow Children. This part off if you guys are fine with it. I haven't got much to say, uh, so let's let's fly with it. Starts off with something along the lines of, with the accurate understanding of God and His law. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, hmm, <laughs> accurate understanding of God and His law. That's the way I interpret it. So I'm thinking, okay, hold on. This isn't um, this isn't dirty mind. That's for sure. It's not purple rain. It's not Diamonds and Pearls. In fact, it's something completely different. Um, I I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't read a lot about the album. I just thought, what? what, What's... I had to... I probably checked the the actually... What CD I just put into the <laughs> to the CD player, not knowing um, what I was about to hear. This isn't the the Star Wars soundtrack. Why is Darth Vader on this disc? Exactly. I was going to say the first thing I heard was. <laughs> 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 I didn't, didn't get that subtlety. Very good. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's not Prince speaking those words, or is it? Um, but it's a robotic manipulation of, sort of modulation of some sort of stuff going on. It's Prince doing his best Larry Graham impersonation. Or Larry Graham doing his best best Prince impersonation. <laughs> um, a, a preachy beginning 
to say the least. And it, it, it leads into, at least for me, um, you know, the first track leads into the notion of a concept album. But from my point of view, at least, now, I, I don't want this to be too politi- politically correct or incorrect, if that makes any sense. I, I don't really want to go down that route. But I, look, it's a fundamentalist concept album. I'm going to go out there and say it because that's what it is. It's an ode to the Jehovah's Witness faith, but it's not only about religion and about faith. It covers on a lot of other themes from slavery to utopian societies to monotheism to Egyptian themes. There's there's a lot in this album. It's not just, oh, it's his Jehovah's Witness album a lot of people proclaim. There's a lot to that, but that's not, that's not what it's all about. Again, open to interpretation. I'll finish up very quickly with what I think of the song the jazzy intro is nice and it got me exciting unfortunately the, the Darth Vader <laughs> voice made an appearance but look flying upon the wings of the new translation I can't listen to a song and be inspired by it or even enjoy it greatly when I'm, I'm hearing things that I don't agree with so you know I don't read the new translation uh, version of the scriptures in fact it's not something that I'm remotely interested in so Again, that doesn't interest me specifically, but it distances the album from any universal meaning, and I think that a lot of listeners, specifically ones that either are not fundamentalist Christian or are not fundamentalist anything, would have an issue with. And and you know we'll get we'll get to all that anyway. But that's my issue with the song. The religious conviction and undertones make it make it a rare listening experience, which is a shame because some of the music ranks among, amongst what I think is some of his best compositional traits not only on this song but on this album which we'll get to so I mean like you look at the jazzy fusiony filtered guitar playing throughout the track that's brilliant that's exceptional the gospel vocals at about the five and a half minute mark the instrumental ascensions and compulsion of percussion instruments about two thirds of the way through is stunning I mean it's a brilliant musical composition um, and it finishes off beautifully with a descending guitar close on a sustained note. It's beautiful. It's it's wonderful stuff. Everything else gets in the way. What do you guys think? Anyone, take the floor, Captain. <laughs> okay. Now I know we haven't got to Wedding Feast yet, but this is, this is probably my favourite song on the album. It's it's just guitar and and guitar and then some more guitar, and it's good because I like guitar, and guitar is good. And the the guitar, talking about the guitar. Yeah. You want to say that word one more time, just in case they didn't. There's a lot of guitar, which is good. But the guitar solos, after like the first couple of verses, and he starts going on the guitar, they could have been such like throwaway lines, but they they just stick in my head for days and days. Yeah, I agree. They're they're good. They could have just been any old crap, but. Either he's the the genius composer and he just came out straight away, or he really tried to make them memorable because they are. Very memorable, yeah. And seeing them live, it just it cements it in your brain as well. But this song is a great song, and it was really good live, and I, and I saw it, and it was good. <laughs> I vouch for that. I was there at the sound check in Sydney, and it, it uh, yeah blew my mind so yeah. but Captain tell us what you think of the uh, guitar in the song there's a lot of guitar in this song it sounds really good and, <laughs> and guitar they, is good and the guitar is good there could have been some more guitar but there's a fair amount so I'm happy with that and there's not I, I didn't notice a lot of whammy bar so I was happy with that it was it was pretty on point it was nice uh, and, and there's more you've got the the rise chants that start about halfway in and they just keep getting higher and higher and Prince sings these high notes and they're good and I said wow that's good <laughs> and then at the end it really gets going it, it, and then it finishes about 10 seconds later and then Darth Vader's back and it could, that, that bit could have kept going for another 10 minutes it would have been great I wouldn't get sick of it could have, the track but and then it kept going with the Darth Vader, and then there's all this other stuff and more guitar, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, this is the most hilarious review of any track you've ever given. I think. <laughs> have you heard the Rainbow Children, and he said that it was good. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> but it's not just this track; the whole album. There's just guitar everywhere, and it's great. Mm. 
and I like the last two notes of this whole track. It's just classic Prince. When you like doing that. <laughs> That's I'll right. Because, I mean, That's you look cool. at the end of I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man, it's just finishing on a note you wouldn't expect someone to finish on. Well, that's what I mentioned. When and he I, did I, it, and it was good. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was exceptional. I, that's what, that's what I um, mentioned. I was probably talking a little bit quick, so people might have missed it, but one of the things I said was, this was descending. Descending is probably not the right word, but there's this guitar. The way the guitar closes it on that sustained note is, is mm. it's just it's so him, and it's yeah. so unexpected. But you're right. Those guitar lines, meant they're timeless. They're, it's good stuff. So, yeah, it, uh, yeah, we haven't got to Wedding Feast, but we'll, we'll get there. But this is a great, great oh, track. I love it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump in now. Cool. Uh, I'm going to quote uh, Lenny Kravitz talking about Jimi Hendrix's Machine Gun, where he said, uh, after listening to Machine Gun, he has to go have a, have a nap, and in a good way, because uh, he's just so blown away by the track. And that's the way I feel about this track. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Um I don't know why. I, I've never really had a problem with all the religious lyrics in here, and I don't know why. I think it's because when I first heard it, I really didn't know anything about him and his religion anyway. So I kind of heard it in my own way and kind of put my own little imaginary thing to it. So it's never really bothered me, even though I don't necessarily agree with a lot of it. So I can listen to this track, and oh man, I've just got so much stuff here to talk about. I'm going to have to watch myself here. Well, that's all right. Go for it, man. This, this track just... It bubbles and it sizzles and it builds and builds and it, it's just uh, amazing. Uh, what have I got here? It's it's. I love the way it's it sounds so uh, spontaneous, but then at the same time he's obviously gone back and doubled lines, whether it's on a keyboard or a saxophone or. So it sounds improvised, but it's he's gone through and like rear, you know, gone over the top of it to really make it sound like it was fully composed. I love that. He's got these. Uh, keyboard stabs, these really low, just sort, of, just sort of sounds like he's slamming the keyboard down for like half a second. And they just sort of pop up every now and then, like, don't crack, crack, and it's just like really soft <laughs> in the background. And it, it's kind of a mini theme throughout the album because I hear them all the way through the album. And I just, I just love it. Um, I love the rise, rise, rise part. I think that's amazing. There's all these Claire Fisher string samples in the back, and every time it raises up a semitone, the samples raise up a semitone. It's just, oh, it's unbelievable. Um, I've also got, it's the first signs, because he's been doing this uh, with this whammy air effect with his guitar for the last few years, uh, where he kind of gets this really low, airy sound, and then he kind of wahs it, and it sort of comes around and, and builds and all that. So that was the first time I really heard that, and he's been doing it since. So a bit of a... He's fainted. He's just so blown away by this track. He took his nap. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think we'll we'll just we'll just keep it we'll just keep it going. Um, Toe Jam has passed out from talking about the Rainbow Sugar, ladies and gentlemen, and um, he just has nothing more to say. He's going to listen to it right now. (laughs) I think he's not asleep. But actually, when when Toe Jam mentioned the the um, the reference about uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Hendrix, uh, Lenny Kravitz listening to Jimmy Hendrix Machine version of Machine Gun. I shouldn't say version because it's it's um, Jimmy's Jimmy's original track, but live version was what I meant to say. Uh, from memory, he actually said that he had to take a shower after it because it was just so crazy. He's like, you know, I need to take a shower after this track because it just blows my mind. So either or, it it um, that's that's the kind of re- reaction that obviously uh, uh, Toe Jam had. But hey, we'll keep it going to player and, and see what he what he thinks about the song. Yeah, I think this is an epic song. Um, it, groove just has a great jazz swing about it. Um, the slow down vocal at the start sets the scene as the narrator. Um, there's no real lyrics as such, apart from the chorus and some lyrics thrown in from Sexuality from Controversy album. Um, oh yeah, forgot about that. Mm, flying upon Reproduction. the yeah, um, flying upon the winds of the new translation. There's no mistaking the reference to Jehovah's Witness religion. Um, but as MC said, there's different themes here, not just, just someone. Um, Najee with the sax brings a whole new sound to Prince's catalogue. His style isn't like Eric Leeds or Maceo, mm. and I think he's perfect for this project. Um, 
Blackwell on the drums. I'm just going to rave about him on every track on this album. So <laughs> I agree. Get rid of that. Um, Magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I get up to? <laughs> Prince's guitar playing is bliss. Um, it's very jazzy, mixed with fusion. It's very organic sounding. Um, I love the vocal effect on the background vocals on the chorus, and when you listen to it on headphones, how it rolls mm. rounding your head. Yeah, um, it goes left to right. It goes all yeah. around. And it's very different, like sort of background vocal effect that he uses during, during this song and this album so it's it's quite nice to hear something different it's very multi-layered stretches out to a nice length it's like 10 minutes long it's not like sh- a short song which is good that he lets it run that length um, I agree with you guys love the, the rise part and how it builds up and creates this very uplifting um, section and then when you think it ends it, it just comes back for that extra two minutes with Prince's sublime guitar work Probably my one of my favourite tracks on the on the disc. Mm. I think Toe right. Jam's recovered from, he's, he's, he's he's from, from the bed. Where Toe did I Jam, get up what to? has he got to say about this track? Because you are you are off. Like, where did I get up to? Away, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait a so, minute. Something <laughs> about um something about you thought it was one of the greatest songs of all time. I think I heard you saying. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I was talking about the um the final instrumental section. And it's very similar to In a Silent Way with the rim shot that sort of clicks all the way through. Mm. And it's a very cool scale he's got going, a Mixolydian sharp four. Uh, very nice. Um, and, yeah, I've also got here the last note. It's such an mm. odd note to finish on, but it's just it's just really cool. Anyone else got anything to say about the Rainbow Children? The song? Well, I think it's, it's a great summary for the album. And, and musically, lyrically, everything. It's you know if you if you whatever you get out of this track is what you're going to get out of the album in an expanded sense. So it's, it's a great opener, uh, and it's it, again it summarises the album. And one more little thing, I just love the attention to detail uh, throughout this this song, and and just little things like um, you know where he says something where about you know begin the fall, and you just hear a little sax line go da 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 da, and just that little attention to detail. I love the way that sort of runs all the way through the album. All right. I, I, I need to add something to this song. <laughs> I, need to just, I need to just harp on about something for a little bit longer. Um, I've got to be careful where I tread here because this isn't in my notes. It's, it, it only literally came up when, when Tojo made that extra comment. I wasn't actually going to continue talking about this track. But he brought up another mu- a musical, to me, a musical reference, attention to detail, etc. Well... All that did was spur me on a little bit to talk about the non-musical elements. And I just have to say something. For, for the people, and, and look, some of you guys might be feeling this way, um, that, that you know the lyrical content and the themes aren't as important. Well, here's something to think about, something to nibble on, a little bit of brain candy. If Prince was singing about, um, uh, I don't know, plumbing, or about selling fruit at a fruit market... Or any number of, of um, you know, either unrelated or irrelevant topics. Would that change your opinion of the song? If Prince was singing about Scientology, if Prince was singing about, uh, I don't know, third world poverty, if Prince was singing about uh, the Iraqi war or world issues, uh, uh, corporate uh, capitalism, communism... Would that affect your opinion of the song? If the music was exactly the same as it is, it wouldn't. I couldn't care less what he was singing yeah. about. See, this is where Honestly. we differ. This is where we differ. This is where we differ. He could be singing about waking up and cleaning the toilet. It wouldn't make any difference. I'd there still sing along, and I wouldn't. The Rainbow Children is an was. album made by one of the world's great artists, composers, music- musicians, and all the other superlatives you want to throw at him. But this is an album made for. In my opinion, a small selection of people as opposed to um, the universe at large. It's made for him. <laughs> only Well, it's made for him. That, that's a good point. Billy Sparks you, said, what did he say? Nobody digs the music but yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But yeah, look, you're right. He makes his art for himself, fair enough. But look, there's an audience. And I think 
the fact that this that the Rambo children is sold, you know, let's not get into the the, 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 the discussion on commercialism, commercialization of music, and you know whether an album is good or best and how much it sells. But I mean, this album sold 135,000 copies. That's probably his hardcore audience at most, and that's and that's about it. So I think that that speaks a little bit, um, you know, a, a little bit to. To what I'm talking about, it's it's not a universal album. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll yeah. bring it up later on. See, Me too. see with Let's, with with um, the Jehovah's Witness religion before this album, in the years running up to it, say '98 to this period, there was like murmurs of him sort of dabbling in it, but he didn't really officially say anything. And this was mm. sort of like the coming out album of, so to speak, to say that you know. This is this is what I'm into now, sort of thing. And I think shortly after this album came out, he said that he was part of the the religion. So, you know, I think this was the the, the first sort of indicator to say that this is this is what I'm into now. Whereas before we never had that. So this is sort of like the introduction to it. I think that's beautiful. I think mm-hmm. that's beautiful for him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. I, the, the the feeling of you know is, is a spiritual enlightenment. Um, you know, an awaken, an awakening to something. That's that's beautiful. That's the most beautiful. You know, one of the most beautiful things in the world. One of the joys of being alive to find yourself, to find a spirituality, a religion, a faith, whatever it is. From a listening point of view, as a Prince fan, I don't find it. I don't find that I have an issue with what he's singing. But there's a fine line between having an issue and feeling like, well, I can't connect with the music and the song 100% because all these other things are going on in my mind. Let me put it this way. A work of art is holistic. Okay? I mean, I think that's probably a fact that works of art are holistic, but from a musical point of view, I just can't do it. Um, And, you know, sounding like a broken record, I know, but I'll try and shut up for the rest of the tracks because I feel very similar um, for, for all the other... Um, for all the other songs on this album that that touch on yeah. uh, t- touch on themes that that are exclusive, I have an issue with exclusivity. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. So you know, I mean, it's like yeah, you're not. It's like a joke that you're not like in the in joke. Something like that. Like yeah. when they're saying the Rainbow Children, Rainbow Children Rise. Yeah. God, those harmonies. They're so on point. It's am- like they're amazing to listen to. You know, the, the choral influences. Um, the ascension of, of the chords, the chord progressions, it's beautiful stuff. But I'm thinking, the rainbow children rise? Like, uh, um, my, my mind is switched on constantly while I'm listening to this song and to this album. And I'm thinking, um, I feel excluded. Whether that was his intent or not is beside the point. I, I, yeah, think, it, yeah. I think, like I said before, when I first heard this, I didn't really know anything about like him being in this religion. So I kind of, when I first heard that, I kind of just took it as, oh, the Rainbow Children are just a whole lot of enlightened people kind of thing. Mm. So in that sense, it's, again, like it's never bothered me because I, you know, later on when I found out, you know, what it was supposedly really referring to, uh, I, I remember I did go through a period where it, I, I did find it a little bit hard. You're right, so Jamie. It's so indicative of what comes next, um, and it's so different. So, I mean, what... You know, where do you go from here? We Depending go to, on your, we, go we, go to, to, we go to Muse. <laughs> Muse to the Pharaoh. So, okay, let's hit up track two because we'll never we'll never get through this damn thing. <laughs> oh, did I just use that word? I apologize. Um, no, I don't. Okay, so again, for me, the lyrical content is too rigid. It, it's uninteresting to me. Uh, the breakdown rambles on some more from a lyrical point of view, and I don't have an issue with it. Like I said. This is Broken Record MC talking. It's not an issue for me, but I find that the music doesn't match the lyrics. I can't live... It doesn't live up to the hype. So the music is somewhat uninspiring as well, by the way, on this on this particular track. The only cool thing is, is to me, the vocal stylings of the last minute or so. I find it really interesting. It's something that he hasn't really um, done too much of. Um, yeah, so the vocal styling and the background vocals. Someone else take over. Let's start with uh, Toe Jam this time. Used to the Pharaoh. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like this track. Um, I love the really thick chord progressions. I've got it written down for all you musos out there. B 
B-flat major 9, G minor 7, then a G minor 7 with an F on the bass, and an A minor with a G on the bass. Really thick, beautiful chords on the, on the Fender Rhodes. And I love how you can just hear really faintly a chair squeak in between the silence <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. And you can just hear, and you just know that, like, that's happened, and he's, I'm just leaving that there. I'm leaving it there. You can tell it's not a mistake. It's just it's too on point. Um, I love John Blackwell's John Blackwell's kick drum on this. Just rocks. That's all those synth notes he's playing on the kick drum. Great stuff. Um, gonna have to bring up the opposite of NATO is Otten, and I'm guessing you guys have. Uh, I'm guessing we all kind of know what it. Oh yeah. Sing to, but if we don't. No, I'm tell me. Sure. I don't have a clue. I have I no idea what that's about. Well. The general consensus is that he's saying Otten is, is a reference to Akhenaten, last, uh, the pharaoh, Egyptian pharaoh, who was like supposedly the founder of monotheism, which is like, uh, you know, belief in, in one sole god kind of thing, like the invisible overriding god kind of thing. Uh, uh-huh. And which is why he says in the live performances, the opposite of NATO is monotheism. Mm. So... Um, that's what that's kind of referring to. Interesting. Uh, which, you know, I didn't mind that because, you know, when I first heard it, like everyone, I was, oh, let's Google this and find out what it's all about. And I really got into all the Egyptian pharaoh stuff and trying to work out, you know, what he was talking about and all this. So I, I didn't mind that. Uh, getting back to the music a bit, uh, I like the way when the vocals say uh, the helix, he might get between them. And it's just a little bit of slight distortion on the vocals. Again, just... L- attention to detail all the way through it's just awesome and um yeah that's all I got for that one uh really nice track again lyrics don't bother me and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the broken record saying that all the way through by the sounds of things <laughs> um and I love the massive cymbal crash to finish the song just it just rings beautiful so there's my take on Muse yeah, what do you think of Muse to the Pharaoh I've got two words Fender Rhodes yep. that's the star of this track <laughs> There's no mistaking its trademark st- sound and, and warmth it brings to the song. It's um, everywhere on this album. That's oh, great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It Black gives it a good warmth. Yeah. Black, uh, Blackwind's smooth groove. Uh, Prince's multi-layered vocal is like oral honey with the fan roads. Um, the great little solo in the middle. Um, let me run agenda for your hair. There's some great lyrics. Yeah. Um, even the delivery towards the end, like the slow rap style, it works for him. You know, he, he attempts all these raps in these really overproduced songs, but this is sort of just really slow, slow swagger sort of thing. It's it's pretty cool. Um, opposite of Nato is Oten. Um, yeah, there's all these little references in there. But I think the overall song, lyrically, it's, it's more got to do with, like, the whole theme of the album. Like the first song is about the the building and the nation building of rainbow children, and then you've got um, the muse to the pharaoh, and then later on you've got the wedding and the wedding feast. So it's just like a theme that runs through. It's just telling a part of the story. But anyway, that's okay. it. Captain, have you said anything about this? I don't have a lot to say, except this. For me, this is just a typical. 90s Prince R&B track everyone's still there? Nice. Yeah. I'm hearing some clicking and that's alright but yeah it's just surprised that you're not slamming it that's what it was uh, it's got it. really good backing vocals but yeah it's just a it's just a song this one for me I mean I, I agree with you it's got it's got the you know inverted commas controversial line about the the Holocaust, what many lived and died, and anyone figure that one out? Well, from other reviews that I read, he's saying that slavery was worse than the Holocaust. In yeah, I've always had a problem with some that words. People yeah, saying I've, I've that. had a problem with that as well. Yeah, uh, well, I don't like the way that people say that. That's what he's saying. I don't believe that's what he's saying. I, I think he's just reminding people that mm. you know, slavery did happen, kind of thing. And so I've never really taken that as if he's comparing them it's it's more mm. that he's just kind of reminding and that's the way I've always taken it and slam me if you want but I don't know I, mm. I've, again I've never had a problem with that line I don't I, I, I didn't think anything about it but say Digital Garden anyone anyone want to take this Toe Jam did you like this track 
Uh, well, this is a bit of the story filler, this track, really. I don't, it's, it's, I mean, it's, well, that's what it is, basically. I can't really say much more than that. It's, musically, uh, it's, it's a nice little melody, and I like the wah-wah guitar throughout it. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, percussion throughout, because it just sounds a little bit computer programmed to me, uh, which is a little bit disappointing, given all the live drums before that. Um, I really like this, the massive snare pop about halfway through it. And it's like it sounds like a gunshot sort of thing, just sort of mm. stands out to me. I like that. And then it goes into this kind of rocky bit, which again is just kind of feeding the story, so it's a little bit forced. Um, uh, and you know, it's got some nice wailing guitar solos throughout it. But you know, I don't really have much to say about this. It's it's really is just story filler. So if you want to hear the album from start to finish, then have a listen to it. You'll get what you want to get out of it. But if you're looking if you're looking for a, a really amazing musical experience uh, you're not going to get it from this one mm-hmm. okay captain uh, I don't mind this song it starts off with the sort of African drumming beat which straight off it's not something you would expect to hear on a Prince album I didn't anyway but it's got it's got the nice vocals I like when in the chorus he's got like the two vocal lines going at the same time in the chorus that's good it's got some cool bass in there. And then about halfway through, you, 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 get, you get Darth Vader coming back. Then a bit of a rock out on the guitar. But in that rock out on the guitar, there's some amazing solos which are really buried in the mix, but you can hear them in there. And yeah. later on, they, they, they come out a lot louder, but there's some crazy stuff going on when you can just hear it. But... um. And then it comes, then it comes to the fore, and it's left and right and all over the place. But uh, yeah, it's it's a the the the, the beat, the percussion, that's unprince-like. I thought, which is good. He did something different, not the same old crap. Yeah. Player, let us know how you feel about the digital garden. Uh, well, I normally skip this track when I listen to it because it's more like a segue to me. So, like Toe Jam said, it's just more of the narrative more than anything. But there's some interesting stuff there musically. The highlight probably for me would be the shredding guitar towards the end of the song. Yeah. If you listen to it on headphones, at one point it sounds like, like we said before, like motorbikes revving up. Mm. It just swirls around your head. It's just sonically amazing. But I wish you would put more guitar like that on wax more often. But just generally this track, I just skip it. All right. just I agree with you guys, those face-melting guitar <laughs> solos. And come on, someone mentioned the bass work for once. I, said, I, said, the... I said there was cool bass in there. Oh, sorry, I was still getting over how much I dislike music. I was just about to say, that, yeah, the bass work, not, on, no, not only on this album, but specifically on this track, is so cool. Uh, and I love the left-to-right mixing with the fade-outs, etc. Et, et it's, it's wonderful stuff. And Digital Garden goes straight into the work. I wonder what you guys think about what I think about this track but I'm going to leave it to, to everyone else to discuss. The work part one. We're still waiting for that second part by the way. Uh, is it funky and fun or is it is it something altogether different? Uh, player, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is best described from the statement released with this track when it was a download on Napster. Um, the statement was, is this what James Brown would sound like if he was a brand new artist today? Say it loud, Prince is back with his funkiest live jam since Sexy MF. <laughs> uh, the track has a great live feel to it, some great vocal delivery, not only from Prince, but also from Kip. Um, almost like he's the b- bird to Prince's James Brown. Yep. Um, According to John Blackwell, it was Prince's idea to have the rim tap on the two and the snare on the four. So, oh, okay. The drums, yeah, the drums and the groove definitely have that Clyde, Clyde Stubblefield vibe to it. Um, another star of this track is that killer rhythm guitar solo that you get in the middle of it, or actually all the way through it. It makes me beg for part two <laughs> and three and four. Mm. All right. I've always taken the part two, the part one reference as just a, again another James Brown. Reference. Yeah, it's a James Brown. Mm. Yeah, singles yeah. that only went for like two minutes were all labelled part two, and then you'd buy the, you know, the twelve inch, and they'd have a massive long jam after it, sort of thing. So. Yeah. Well, this could. I mean, this track could have gone for you know seventeen minutes. Well, there, there is, we've um, just got part one. 
on one of the audio shows, there is a slightly longer version, and the guitar solo goes for like an extra thirty seconds or something. So, mm-hmm. so have a listen wow. to that if you got those audio shows. I won't oh, forgive. My, I won't forgive myself if I don't ever find that. <laughs> what is, so, what are your thoughts, Dave Jam, on the work? Yeah, straight out, James Brown. Uh, that that turnaround is just completely James Brown. Da 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 da. Um. Yeah, it's you know it, it always. I kind of laugh at this track because it just it is it does sound kind of geeky because it's such a James a cliche like you know it's obvious James Brown reference and then he's talking about doing the work going around knocking on doors it, I just I kind of laugh at it but you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good mate, like I laugh at it because it's funny just just the combination of the two it just it makes me it just seems funny so uh, the bass on this track. The, you know the descending chromatic little bass line just awesome stuff is that would it, would it make you take a pamphlet <laughs> no maybe not maybe, no. <laughs> maybe if he said part two but no <laughs> um, yeah and again the drum beat that's a really interesting thing player said because I was going to mention the drum beat's really poppy and snappy awesome stuff and it's nice to hear a trombone a trombone solo in there not very many of them in Prince's music uh yeah, more yeah. trombone. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, the live version of this completely rocked on the One Night Alone tour. So for that, I have to like this track. All right, Captain. Oh, it's a funky song. It's obviously influenced by James Brown. But again, with like almost every other track on this album, there's all these tiny little things... And here's one of them. There's this little percussion thing that happens a few times. I think it's in the guitar solo. And there's, it's, I've got the times. It's a 2.35, 2.53, 3.01, and 3.10. And it's just a little percussion fill. But I was thinking how many other artists would not have been bothered to just put those little things in. There would have just been nothing there. But it's just these little things, and he st- sticks them in there, and you go, oh, there's that little thing. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I go, oh, there it is. <laughs> Again, you can talk about the lyrics being about Jehovah's Witness going around, knocking on people's doors, but, you know, right over my head. My opinion on it varies. Everywhere. Track number five. Uh, what can you say about this? I've got a lot to say, so I'll let someone else hit it up. Uh, let's go to Captain to start this one off. I remember when I first heard this, I, I thought it was Tevin Campbell somehow singing like he was 14 again, even though it was 2001. But it just, it just, you know, it's, it's just sounded, it reminded Campbell's me. Balls. Yeah, <laughs> something happened. And I thought maybe he recorded it in like, you know, 1990 and somehow it turned up here, but it wasn't. I don't even know who's singing it. <laughs> Someone tell me. Millennia, the vocal group. But isn't it a guy singing that? This, no, 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 it's a girl Is this the one that starts off Brother D Brother? Is this this no. one? No, that's, that's a wedding feast. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> wanting, oh. to, wanting to get there too early. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds like Tevin Campbell. When would it make you happy if we just went straight into wedding feast right now for you? Would it, would it? Good, but we got to go in order. <laughs> okay, that's why it sounds like Tevin Campbell when he was 14, because it was a girl. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> now, the first thing I noticed in this track is these digital stabs. They're like 24 seconds in. Dun, 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 dun. I know. I really like them. Yeah, I really <laughs> like them. Up until now, the album is really live and organic sounding. And then these stab digital things just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the hell was that? But it's a good thing. I like it. you got the, the contrast. I agree. And you've got this just insane frantic drumming by John oh, Blackwell. Yeah. It's just insane through the whole song. The fills just blow your head off. I mean, you think any most other drummers, they would have overdubbed this about 58 times to sound like he did yeah. it probably one take. Yeah, probably. That's just crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and I think this is one of the ones that John Blackwell yeah. mentions at a clinic that, you know, it was just a drum beat and then Prince put everything on top of the drum beat. So it wasn't as if Prince had the song and then said, oh, can you drum to this? It was, you know, uh-huh. just recording a drum beat and Prince picked it up and put a song on top of it, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. That's good. I like the vocals in this too, especially when he sings. There's a line he says, uh, I did not care. It's at 134. For anyone who wants to go and listen, it sounds really good. And I like the bass solo. 
And oh yeah. It's 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 just nice. The sound of that bass, it's it's just good. And yeah. I heard someone mention it's it reminds them of large room with no light. I didn't really hear that myself, but eh, mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Interesting, interesting. Player, I know you want to get a stab at this. Yeah, this a is digital a- stab. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joyous and uplifting song and the the way it's executed it comes across as believable and genuine yeah. and I think that's why it works there's some very complex arrangements on this track with the horns and the bass um, Blackwell's awesome mini solo about a minute into the track um, yeah I'm going to rave about this guy so <laughs> if you want um, the multi-layered vocals of the background singers make for lush oral candy and then, of course, towards the end of it, this amazing lead bass work. It's just, yeah, it's just so clear and and just, yeah, it's great. And, and, and uh, that's the other thing I like about it. It's just short and sweet. It's just the right at length. It doesn't drag mm. on. It's and, not too long. Yeah, it's, it's just an amazing song. Toe Jam. That was me. Yeah, can't agree more. I, lo- I like this song. Uh, the first time I heard it, I remember thinking that, you know, when it starts off, I thought it was going to be like a slow ballad song, like, everywhere, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a nice little ballad, and then, again, the stabs come in, and it just rocks you with this crazy tempo, and, yeah, that kind of blew my head off uh, the first time I heard it, and I, I remember kind of savoring that feeling, like, oh, man, I'm never going to experience that again, because I was completely not expecting that fast beat to come in. Mm-hmm. And, again, I love the way the song kind of has that two tempos. You can listen to it as a really fast-rocking track. Or you can listen to it as kind of a, you know, almost a waltz, a slow waltz kind of song. Mm. Um, I love that. And, um, again, bass lines are awesome. That's crazy online. That is amazing. I love the horn heads. I've always loved horn heads. They're as tight as anything. And that's just a great example of it. So, yeah, and I agree that it's nice and short. Doesn't doesn't waste too much time. Uh, and again, the ba- with the bass solo, just the way everything in the background is just kind of like cooling down and simmering down. It feels like, you know, the end of the afternoon, everything's simmering down, the song's simmering down. So yeah. just, yeah, not much to talk about in this whole album, but I'll just leave it there. Uh, I'll finish off the review of Everywhere by saying this is, a, this is one of two or three standout tracks for me on this album. It is unbelievable. It's it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's it's everything. It's all at once. Jay, you know, Blackwell's John Blackwell's drumming is awesome, and it was so unpredictable. I had no idea the first time I heard it. It was like oral sensations. It was it's like where did he come with that with that beat from? The horn jabs, or stabs, whatever you want to call them, are tight. It's like I don't know, Tower of Power reborn or something. It's just th- these guys rock. Uh, and they they funk it up really well, um, the, the 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 vocals and especially the feel it feel it ah that's just so cool. This is really really amazing. Uh, I'm a big fan of this song if you can't already hear from it, and especially that from part uh, maybe a minute fifty to a minute to well to the end of the track from a minute fifty to two fifty four is where the brilliance and the genius and the creativity really comes into it with those tasty raw bass lines that's just that that excerpt of about a minute or so 60 seconds or so is one of my favorite musical pieces he's ever done in his career that that bass work is just there's something about it every time i hear it it's it's indescribable in words you just got to listen to it absorb it and take it in what about the extended version of La 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 Here. Yeah, that's up there too. <laughs> but this is, this is in there for all the different reasons. Like that, what Tojan mentioned, how it's kind of simmering and everything in the background. You can it's still audible, but it's 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 leveled down in the mix, and it's it's just done so tastefully. And his bass work is inspiring to me. You know, it's just amazing, uh, and it goes straight into another amazing song, um, which I'll allow everyone to take over. But everywhere is. That's it. That, that's my jam so far of this album. I can't. I can't praise this track highly enough. It's amazing. Track number six. Before we do track six, yeah. I just want to say about Digital Garden. Uh, I read somewhere. I, I don't know where. 
but someone said it was a tribute. We were talked about him as that Andreas Vollenweider guy. The Digital Garden was a tribute to him. Okay. Is there anything in that? I've, been, I've never heard his stuff, so I wouldn't have a clue. His stuff's like Is it anything cool. like that? Yeah, he, well, it's more like New Age stuff, but he does a bit of world music and stuff. Uh-huh. So, I, I can see the sort of parallels to a bit, not exclusively. Uh-huh. But yeah, might be a little bit head nod towards that. Track number whatever it is, Sensual Ever After. Uh, any fans in the house? Oh, yeah. All right, Tojan, take the floor. Yeah, I really like this. It's just pure melody, the song. Melody and chords and, you know, as much as Prince is a, is a you know, a funk rock artist, a lot of the times we underestimate his ability to write these kind of instrumentals. And it's just beautiful all the way through. I love the way it builds up and you think it's going to come to some sort of climax, but then it just fades away. But then the second time it builds up and you get this massive slam and suddenly the synths are just all, all over the place and it's... Uh, beautiful stuff beautiful stuff I'm not going to spend hours on this one but again it's just pure melody beautiful playing all the way around Um, I guess the only slightly disappointing thing is the Darth Vader voice Uh, (laughs) is it at the beginning or the end I can't remember at the start yeah it's it's kind of annoying in the sense that you know if you want to put this on your own little compilation compilation or playlist or something that's going to be in there kind of thing so a little bit disappointing Bob, in that respect. Bob George, instrumental. <laughs> fine, yeah, fine. Just say I, I agree with virtually everything Tojem said, and I don't have to go into a review because although it wasn't word for word what I had written, you touched on everything. Uh, player, what do you think about Central Ever After? Uh, well, this is another one I consider a segue that I normally skip, but I, yeah, you've got to give it to that bass solo that comes in around the, the 1 minute 30 mark. It's great to listen to. So, yeah, not in an entirely bad track, but for the most part, it's just filler for me. But, yeah, okay. that bass gets me every time. <laughs> Capitan. Eh. <laughs> Apart from, from, from Bob George at the start, yeah, this is an <laughs> instrumental track. I love the, the sliding bass lines he's got. And I've, I've got written, I've got to read it. It's a soothing, hypnotic, instrumental soundscape. <laughs> Took me a while to think of that one. The hypnotic, yeah. The um, and it's just got great bass all the way through it, and then it's got these sweet solos, and then you've got the massive end, and he's got like this really high note on guitar at 203. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I love Mike Oldfield, and he does mostly instrumental stuff, and the guitar that he plays in this track is similar. It's, it's nice. Yeah. That's One all. other thing about that bass line, has anyone ever picked up on this? I don't know if it's on purpose or just by accident, but the bass line reminds me of the, the classic Prince chant, that oh yo Oh yeah, it is. It I is. It is. It is. It is. The cheering. <laughs> I didn't get that. I didn't listen to it yeah. again. You're exciting me now. Mellow. Track number whatever, once again. The slow, the slow grooveness leads it in. Sexy Fender Rhodes is what I call it. Comes into play again. Some cool lyrics here. Laid back delivery. Bass lines here ooze style and like after hours shenanigans um the vocal exactly the vocal backgrounds are like sweat sticky honey and custard pie um trumpet playing it's brilliant it's in and out it adds some nice flair Uh, i don't think they're they're quite muted but there's something funny going on with the trumpets maybe toe jam will pick that up it sounds like they're common muted yeah yeah and and the the flute sounds are coming out of the um I don't know what they're coming out of, but they're, 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 they're uh, I don't want to say artificial, electronic sounding flute sound stuff. I was going to mention that, yep. It's, I really like it. Mellow is another standout track, and this with the preceding two, I start to fall in love with this album, so uh, for anyone thinking that MC was going to trash it, Mellow, it's in the corner of my mind. Um, <laughs> Captain, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's okay. It's this, like, sexy 70s jam, and it's got the flute. The flute reminds me of something on Crystal Ball, but I can't think what it is uh, on the Crystal Ball set. There's some track that's got flute on it, and it reminds me of that. But it's got some really nice horns in places, and it's got great backing vocals all over the place. But there's this change at the end at, like, 4.08, and I really like it because... 
I did one very similar ages ago, and it was just cool <laughs> to hear that he uh, he stole it. He stole he it from me. He did. And I listened to that, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I knew I'd do something good, because he copied it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he's out there bootlegging us all. Yeah, he's been listening to my bootlegs, and he's. I'm gonna have to call Londell pretty soon. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jam, talk to us about those trumpets and those flutes and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, well, it's such a mellow song, and then you've got this awesome little da 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 awesome horn line. Just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, going on with the flutes, he, he he's got a there's a real flute in there. I think it must be Naji playing. Okay, um, but he's also got these uh, synth flutes as well throughout uh, that he kind of doubles. And it's again, this is the first time he kind of used this, and he's used it that sort of effect a lot since this this album. So even today, you can still hear you know Rainbow Children influences. Um, again, with that these flutes and that airy wah wah sound I was talking about, talking about earlier. Um, some really nice vocals in this. I love the way he um, he's kind of taking the piss out of him. he's taking himself too seriously, but he's taking the piss out of himself at the same time. Where he's got the besides I take oh to do my hair. My hair. <laughs> that's just that's awesome print stuff. You know, pretty man returns. Yeah, it just yeah cracks me up every time because you know you know he's he's clearly serious, but at the same time he's taking the piss out of himself. So it's awesome stuff. Um, there's a reference to the egg, which, for those yeah. wondering, is the yeah. building outside of Paisley Park, which is kind of a mystery as to what it was supposed to be and everything. So That's the perfect place to play house. That's all <laughs> so I've heard. He might smother you. <laughs> but he might just be running alone, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also the reference to the Macy and Common after show, which I can't remember. I think it was at Chicago. There was an after show there. I think that's where it was. That I might be wrong from 2000, but anyway, mm. so that's that's a nice little reference because that did actually happen. There was a an after show with Macy Gray and Common. So yeah, that's what I got to say about Mellow. It's very mellow, very funky, uh, and a great little song. Yeah. All right, all right, player. I love the the Jaws style opening. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I really like that. I think we're going to need to get a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice laid-back track Very sensual in Prince's vocal delivery um, This has that cool that, that jazz cool vibe to it The flute and, and everything The only thing I don't like is some of the name dropping With the Macy and Common in his songs Not just like this song But like most of his songs where he mm. names people mm. it gets Dougie it's Fresh uh, You know, it's, sometimes it's not needed and I think he puts things like that in there to sound cool sometimes. And I don't know. But probably Toe Jam's right. It's more got to do with relaying a story from an after show. Or that. But there are some great lyrics like wet circles around the toy. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. So it fits nicely on this album. It's, it's good to have there. One plus one plus one equals three. And people are probably already... when you, like. People listening to the show going, oh, please, MC, don't start your bloody rants about the lyrics on this. Don't start up on the theocratic order. Let the other guys speak, so I'm going to let everyone speak. Uh, Captain, what do you think about this song? Okay. Darth Vader's back right at the start. That's always good for a laugh. Then you got the drums come in, and then you, you got the, the funky-ass bass. And I love the guitar in this track. It's just it's too funky. you got keyboard stuff going on all over the place. This is it's Prince's updated electro funk. It's like a it's it's like it's girls and boys but funkier. Or erotic city but maybe not as good. <laughs> you could take it either way. But the you know in the in this song there's there's this uh, there's this just, just randomly in different places they go, Hey I laugh my head off every time I hear it. I don't know why. It just sounds ridiculous. It just sounds like dumb college kids. It's so out of their minds. Every time I hear it, I just laugh every time I hear it. And then I like they use that on Return of the Bum Squad too. I think they do something similar with that. Hey, pa. Okay. But yeah, back then it was kind of cool. But you know, by two thousand one, that was even that was. So that's what made it sound so funny. I, I, 
crack up every time I hear it. And I don't know why. I like when the marching comes in, the banished ones are coming, and they're coming to dance, and they're going to kick our pants. That is just <laughs> hilarious. I, I mean, pants is a funny enough word as it is, but <laughs> to stick it in a song, as funky as this, it, it's just excellent. Mm. I mean, pants, it's, just, it's a great word. <laughs> uh, it's just too funny. And then, and then near the end, you've got Prince in this stupid voice saying, here they come right around the palace or something and it's just hilarious it's the dumbest voice he could probably do right around the palace now <laughs> and then he's like who's that fool it's just uh, it's just funny stuff yeah it's it's funny it's funny and funky that's that's what I say alright funny and funky player what do you think of 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3 yeah I agree it's a funky little track the, the sped up guitar and some of the mm. effects he creates on the track Makes it a little bit reminiscent of Erotic City. Um, he can tear this up live, but it works just as well on this album. But some of the self-censorship doesn't do it any justice, though. Like what um, Captain said about, um, we'll have to kick your pants. And <laughs> we don't give a duck what you got on. And like yeah. lines like that, I could have done without. Like if you don't want to say it, fine, that's cool. But implying it with lame substitutes doesn't do any favours. It's virtually the same thing, really. Mm. You know, it's not the same thing, but it's... I mean, how many people do you honestly know who say, what the duck? Anyway. I'll get into that. I'll get into that. (laughs) It's funky as heck, I agree with you guys. I love everything about the song except for the theocratic order, Mm. because it doesn't work. I came home, Princey. I talked about the theocratic order to all my babes, and they didn't want to hear about it. Oh, <laughs> ain't no theocratic order around here. It it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. The whole theocratic order thing. Um, but look, I'll put that aside because it is funky. Everything from the beat, the squeaky keys. That's the only way I can explain it. Are brilliant. These little modulations here and there, embellishments. What at some point kind of sounds like a um. Oh God. Uh, I'm, I'm having a, a, a bad moment here. What am I trying to say? Um, a This is going to be edited. What does Bob Dylan play other than the guitar? Harmonica. Harmonica. There's, there's, there's this one part in this song where you can hear this... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I like that part for some reason. Um, and uh, it, look, it's a cut below other funk workouts. Yeah. Anyone had a go at this? No, I'll have my go. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I agree with the references to Erotic City, uh, and it's also got that sped up sort of guitar, you know, the guitar from Hello, uh, the song mm-hmm. Hello, so you're very um, reminiscent of that sort of era. Um, I love that it's kind of a trick at the very beginning when it first comes in, you hear the snare, crack, crack, and you think that's beat one, and then the kick drum yeah. comes in on beat one, so I like that little trick the first time you hear it. Um, I love the way the keyboards are just going off in this whole song. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but just yeah, it's all over the place. And just listen to those keyboards because they're everywhere and they're just crazy. Um, hey! <laughs> and I love the way that juxtaposed <laughs> with those crazy keyboards is that his vocal line is kind of lazy, and you know, like, hey, let me tell you, baby, you know, like, and then you've got all this crazy stuff going on around it, kind of thing. Uh, There's a little reference to the song 1999 with the little knock. Um, Who's that knocking on our door? Yeah, that and that as well. There's actually a really cool bit, which I only really picked up on listening to it this week. Uh, you know the bit where they, it kind of breaks down and you hear and they say, Moneyapolis, sing. Yeah. Yeah, just listen to that, but listen to the keyboards, what's happening with the keyboards while, that's hap- while they're saying Moneyapolis, sing. It only goes for like a second or two. And it's just like these keyboards going... It's the best way I can describe it. Just listen to it, and you'll be like, what the hell? So again, attention to detail. Great. I listen to this, whenever I listen to this album, Tajam, I think to myself, what the hell? <laughs> Every I'm time. I get that often. Yeah, so, I, you know, I don't think this is as good as other, you know, Prince funk tracks, but, you know, this is the funk track for the album, I guess, the central funk track. So, and I'm not going to worry about whether or not I agree or even understand the theocratic order. So, if he, uh, but I do love on the 
when when he did this live, you know, and he'd be calling out, "Hey, theocratic order!" and all the girls would be out there going, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> they got no idea what's going <laughs> no on. No idea. One plus one plus one equals three. To there's an instrumental sake. Are we covering this before we get into wedding feast? Because I haven't got any, uh, not much to say about it. I got something to say. Okay, toe jam. Instrumental sake, a la toe jam. Deconstruction. Go. Well, all, right. all I'm going to say about this, and I guess this kind of goes with wedding feast as well, is that I get the impression that Prince didn't even know himself where he was going to go with this story. He kind of laid down the story, the characters, the muse, the pharaoh, the ra- the rainbow children, the, the banished ones, and he kind of set it all up, and then these two tracks. It's kind of like he's almost admitting, I don't know where I'm going with this story. So, (laughs) seriously, seriously. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I agree. I can see where you're going with it. Really, this song, what does he say in this song? Something about, okay, the digital garden's been destroyed. uh, So, yet never again would anyone ever lay claim to the treasures of the Rainbow Children. It's all sad music. It's like, oh, the poor Rainbow Children are. (laughs) (laughs) And then it opens up, but then the muse opens her eyes as queen. Now, but then there's this really minor chord sound, like that's a bad thing. I'm like, wait a minute, I thought the muse was supposed to be good, giving inspiration to the pharaoh and all this. So <laughs> it's it makes no sense to me what, in terms of what is happening with the story. And I think these two tracks, Wedding Feast as well, it's it's Prince saying, I don't know where I'm going with this story, so here, here's the end of it, and then we'll get into some funky tracks at the end. <laughs> maybe maybe there was a different configuration originally, like the symbol album with all the segues in that, and when it got edited, it just didn't make sense. Maybe it's- there's something similar to it. 